0: In a meeting, they might sit back and be more reserved. But in an escape room, they feel it's okay to step up and do something different. It opens up, wow, there's something else there that maybe I haven't seen or we as a team haven't seen that person tap into.
1: Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop, and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. Welcome to the Optimize Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop, where our discussions with influencers, experts, and innovators are transforming the well-being and sustainability of today's workplaces and spaces. Today, I'm welcoming Chris Whaley to the show. So welcome, Chris. Hello.
0: Thanks for having me, Fran.
1: Chris's passion is bringing people together from diverse backgrounds and disciplines to accomplish what they think they do not think is possible. I love that. He enjoys taking on strategic challenges and working through those tactical implications with a strong focus on creating the bottom line impact and making a difference in the world and spaces that his clients reside in. He created Escape to Expand. I also love that name, Escape to Expand. So you'll definitely have to unpack that for us, Chris, to help companies achieve their mission while building an engaging personal experience for people to develop high-performing teams. So again, Chris, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Fran. It's uh, very good, again, to to be speaking with you and to get to talk about what I'm doing and uh, maybe see how how that uh, hits on some of the things you've been working on.
1: Well, that's a great place to start because I'm really intrigued with the name of your organization and I get that you're, you know, you're very entrenched in helping people with your organization, but can you unpack that a little bit for us? What does it mean, Escape to Expand? And how did you come up with that name?
0: First of all, it was available as a dot-com. So that you know that's part of the screening process. But the inspiration came first, and then the, the dot-com check comes after that. It's really about escaping the confusion that happens sometimes when you're in a team, whether it's a new mm-hmm. team or an existing team or a team that's that's in change, and expanding your horizons with that team. So how do you escape the confusion and expand your horizons as a team? And there's also a fun play there because I, I've got a, a nice 30-question team serve I use to help teams see what their strengths and areas for improvement or opportunities for improvement are. But I also use escape rooms, which is something that I had, had a chance to uh-huh. be part of as a, as a VP in, of HR. And uh, we did an escape room just as something fun. You know, it wasn't part of the official agenda other than just to get everybody out of a room and have fun. And then I started reflecting afterwards that there were actually some really interesting things that happened from a team dynamics perspective that happened in something like an escape room that don't often happen in a management team meeting. Uh, for example, you know, maybe more junior people on the team stepping up and taking charge where in a meeting they might sit back and, and be more reserved. But in a a kind of fun escape room, they feel it's okay to step up and do something different. And so you see sometimes team members behaving a little differently, maybe positive, maybe negative, depending on your perspective. But Mm. it it opens up, wow, there's something else there that maybe I haven't seen or we as a team haven't seen that person tap into. And so that's also where that kind of expand your horizons come from is to realize within yourself sometimes or within other team members, What are some things there that maybe you haven't realized were there all along?
1: I really appreciated what you said in twofold. And I definitely want to hear more about how you even came to this this place in terms of helping teams in this way, in terms of experiences. But I love what you were saying about helping those that are kind of a bit more reticent to maybe stepping up. Maybe they're an emerging leader or a new leader, or they're taking on something new. Just coincidentally, I was um, I delivered a keynote this morning uh, to a group, and um, they had a lot of quiet people in the room, and they were all leaders. And so, after those nuggets of wisdom came up from people who always share, right? You always get the people in the front of the in the front of the room that love to share what they love to say. I remember. Back in the day when I used to teach um, fitness classes a lot, I always said, it's not the people in the first two rows because the people in the first two rows want to be in my spot, right? They want to teach everybody, but it's the people in the last two rows. So I always reserve at the end of the conversation, the debrief of, okay, those who didn't get to share their wisdom yet, please share your wisdom. So I love the fact that you're tapping into the emerging, or I like to say the quiet, but wise leaders in the room. but. Help us a little bit understand, how did you arrive at this? Because I think that there are so many different nuances to coaching these days and helping teams and helping leaders. How did you arrive at, at this particular niche? Because it's very interesting.
0: I am actually an engineer by training. So a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering and a master's wow. degree in industrial engineering. And and I ended up working in some, some more technical fields, but I ended up uh, as a as a project engineer at phillips uh, royal phillips so i always had that engineering mindset you know i want to know the, the reasons why things work the way they do and uh, the nice benefit of working with a large company like phillips is we employed lots of consultants so i got to see lots of different ways that that people would come and try to pitch uh, at us for improving strategy or improving processes or improving teamwork at one point i had the opportunity to be the the senior engagement leader for Philips at that time. It was about 120,000 people. We were in between, we were moving between HR leaders and we didn't have a lead for engagement. And so I was, even though I was in one sector or one part of Philips, I was kind of nominated to lead the search for a new engagement partner for us. And so that was a lot of working also with the HR teams in multiple groups, but looking and seeing what are the types of surveys that we've used in the past Mm -hmm. what's happening out there in the industry that, you know, maybe we were using older models that aren't as um, up to date in terms of understanding engagement drivers as, as we were using at the time. And so I started delving more and more into the analytics side and where these questions come from and, you know, getting to the why things work the way they do. And so that really helped me understand that there are some very practical kind of simple questions sometimes that Mm -hmm. you can ask people to uncover these things that uh, sometimes people don't want to talk about in person and of course that's using an anonymous survey typically to help yes. uh, and of course people need to know that there's trust and that that their um, their opinions are are anonymous but at the end we want people to talk about why they said what they said because we want to be able to approve those things.
1: So quick question for you. So did your I guess your avenue to get here obviously through the engineering and the intrigue around that and and helping people, you know, in these different sectors of a, you know, very large enterprise. Were there any particular trends that you found in particular that I guess, force people, because a lot of times people approach coaching or training, it's because there's a stuck or there's a, you know, as a leader, you're stuck somewhere or the organization is stuck or it's, you know, things are just not processing. Productivity is not where it should be. So were there any particular, um, I guess, trends that you noticed in that large enterprise that drove you to, you know, the work that you're in now?
0: We were driving lots of big transformations and even Philips today continues, even though they're, they're a focused healthcare company. So they they no longer do lighting or or televisions. They, they've spun those divisions off. But um, what you saw was there's always a lot of focus on leadership development. And that's typically individual. You know, we mm-hmm. put people, even if it's a group cohort, we're talking about developing them as a leader. We don't often talk about how do we develop a team together. We 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 assume we've we've empowered the leader to to take that step and then be the leader and be the one that's in charge of of the team development. And many times that's the case. But what we saw was it's We actually empower the team to be responsible for the team's well-being. It's not just the leaders uh, on the leaders' shoulders; it's Mm -hmm. every member of the team. Now, different people are going to have a different role, and obviously, we want to respect the leader at the end of the day. But if the leader is listening to the team, hopefully, they're also respecting you know what the team's saying and seeing how they can incorporate that into the situation. And so, for me, that was kind of the tipping point that lots of great leadership development out there. But if you omit Bring the team into that discussion, and not just leaving it on the leader's shoulders. You miss a big part of the conversation and a big part of then the potential positive outcome, or you know, expanding the horizons that can happen when you really involve the whole team as a whole instead of as a leader and the followers.
1: Yeah, I you're, that's music to my ears. I I feel very strongly as w- of what you're saying that there's so much power in the collective right? So much more power in the collective. And, uh, I talk a lot about tribes and your tribe that supports you, whether that, you know, tribe is your community or that tribe is your work, you know, culture, or that tribe is your you know home family life, whatever it is. And maybe you have multiple tribes, mm-hmm. but so often, you know, the A type or the really successful or the leaders that are trying to become more and more successful are trying to do it all themselves and uh there's a great book by uh the founder of compass that and he speaks about the fact that nobody succeeds alone like you have to have support from your tribe so empowering others to empower others so you're not the only person doing the empowerment otherwise you're going to burn out right there's like there's no way around it that you're not going to just burn yourself to the ground but if you're empowering others and empowering your team to be even better—that amplifies you even beyond. Would you agree?
0: Absolutely. And we talk a lot about the role of a leader is to develop new leaders, and what better way than to let people start taking those leadership positions early. You know, it's it's not once you get anointed by someone that you're <laughs> now a manager and now ta-da, you're a leader. Yep. It doesn't work that way. You can be a leader and not have anybody reporting into you, you know, and, and not be the boss of anyone, but you can still be a leader and you can be a manager and absolutely not be a leader. So th- there's definitely those, those two different conditions that can exist.
1: Tell us a little bit about that. What size organizations do you work with? What size teams? Do you work with Chris?
0: Really who I'm working with are a lot of uh, smaller, sometimes they're startups or startups that have been around for a while that are getting ready to start, hire that middle management layer for the first time. It's it's actually more, that's the sweet spot. I think it's when people are now putting in that middle manager for the first time, they now no longer know everybody in the organization. They can't have their finger in every pot. How do they start to trust and empower the team? And how does the team also do the same? and that's that's really where i found that uh, that these teachings they they work well for a brand new team of you know four or five people you can scale them to an organization of you know tens of thousands if, if you want to but uh, for me and my practice kind of that the smaller organizations that are really taking that next step have been the ones that i felt i had the chance to be the most impactful with.
1: And what's the largest team you've ever taken into one of your escape room experiences? What was the outcome that you saw? Were there any shifts?
0: Yes. Uh, So we've, uh, I've done it several times and usually in a, you can do a physical escape room, which are usually great. Most, most Mm -hmm. cities have one you can go to. And so I, I don't, you know, run an escape room location that people go to. That's to me just, there's great ones already out so there. Really, so I yeah. use those. Uh, I can't bring an escape room in a box if someone's wanting to do an offsite and kind of simulate a few things. But honestly, it's not as fun as, as going out there <laughs> in the room. But you can also do them virtually now. So it's really opened up yeah. the ability with, uh, with remote teams and you don't want to bring people together or they don't want to get together or they can't get together. You can still do some of these things. But some of the fun things I've found is, um you, again you've got the, the leaders and they step in the room and the way most escape rooms are set up there are multiple puzzles and it's not always obvious what goes with what so you always have people usually breaking up into groups of two or three and they're trying to solve whatever they think they're trying to solve and you really start to see well who's communicating who, who takes that role to step mm-hmm. in between the different groups? Hey, did you see that thing over there? Maybe that does that have something to do with what you're looking for uh, versus people they just get their, their, you know, I'm, I'm focused on what Mind I'm doing on. and I'm ignoring <laughs> the other people in the room. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then you step out and we say, okay, did anybody notice something there that, you know, reflects back on, in this case, we were having some, some issues. And I said, did you see behaviors? in the escape room that reminded you of this other issue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once they step back ah, you know, I, I saw we were over there in that corner and we didn't look up, you know, if, if we had raised our head for a second and checked in with the rest of the group, you know, we would have figured this out quicker. And so sometimes people do see that their, their gut reactions because it's a, it's a time bound challenge that, you know, Mm -hmm. and we put a little bit of artificial pressure. You've got to solve this in an hour or whatever catastrophe is going to happen. And it, it it is fun, but people get very competitive, but it also brings out that that part of personality that sometimes people push back a little bit, again, whether that's good for the team or bad for the team. And it, mm. it kind of opens it up a little bit. And then what's really fun when we do the debrief is then we also look at the answers to the survey questions that the team results were, and then see if people draw any conclusions um, there between these agreed, disagreed kind of questions and the behaviors they actually saw each other perform in that <laughs> escape room, or that they've seen each other in, in a real-life situation, of course, uh, if they are a, a team that's been together for a while.
1: Yeah, I think what you're doing is really powerful. I tried to get my team to do one for a retreat that we had last month, but Unfortunately, here in D.C., I don't know if all the the, the facilitators of escape rooms were on sabbatical or what, but we couldn't get one. So we ended up doing something else, which was fine. I think they enjoyed it just as much. But my point is that I think it's really powerful because so many things around the way people move and flow when they're out of their box, so to speak, you know, their normal box, and that if you get to experience that with them and you get to see how they operate, their mode of operatus. I think that's incredibly powerful, even when it comes to well-being, because, you know, again, getting back to this whole I, the philosophy around the tribe, what makes you amplified and empowered and motivated and excited and and just, you know, exhilarated for the work that you do or, or what you bring to your work may not be the same for the number two or number three on your team. And so it's so important to understand in a crystal clear way, what is it that gets them ignited and excited and accelerated, right? And, and bursting and doing their best work. And back to that point of empowering the team, you can only be as strong as your team, right? As you said, as you grow, no matter if you're a CEO or if you're leading an enterprise or you're, you know, as you just came from, you know, senior manager in a very large global enterprise, you can only survive if there are people that are behind you are continuing to propel you forward. So I think it's fantastic that you're, you know, having folks that are working with you participate in something like this, because they get to see, hey, how somebody responds to different challenges in real time, but in a different way out, you know, outside of work, but you know what they do to bring that forward. And then it allows you to it's it's also a component I think of emotional intelligence, right? Because now you become very self-aware and very reflective on how you can best serve yourself and serve others. You can't ask people to do things that they're not, they're not in their skill skill set, not in their wheelhouse and a, a brick wall trying to make something work that doesn't is ludicrous. So I think this yep. is fantastic. So let's shift a little bit. I'd love to talk a little bit more about your organization. Um, And, you know, we've talked a little bit about some of the work that you've done. I always love to ask my guests, you know, what are you most excited about um, as we're, you know, rounding the second half of 2023? Are there any exciting projects or anything that is, you know, in your um, vortex that you're looking forward to in your organization?
0: Absolutely. So I'm I do a lot of the the team coaching. That's where I love doing, but I've been doing more speaking engagements where it's more larger groups where you can't get in and do Quite as much personalized uh, difference, but but you can touch a lot more people. So I've been excited to to be able to do that more. But the the really the bonus thing I'm looking at right now is my uh, my background. I also spent about ten years as a volunteer firefighter and uh, emergency ah. medical first responder uh, early in my career uh, when I was still going to college, and then during my first uh, role or two. And and now that I've been able to look back at that, I've. I've seen a lot of things I did and learned there that I actually ended up applying, you know, in my real jobs, uh, but I didn't really recognize it at the time. So now I'm kind of going back and, and looking at, you know, what the fire service taught me about designing and running an effective organization and so i'm seeing how that could turn into some speaking topics maybe a short book or something like that so i'm just uh, just trying to unpack that right now for myself and then see see if that's something that's valuable to somebody else
1: Oh, I think absolutely. You've probably heard me talk about my husband. My husband listens to the podcast and he says, why do you always talk about me? And I'm like, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking of you. But he is a firefighter. He's not a volunteer. He actually is a a career firefighter. He's got three more years. (laughs) I keep saying, what are you going to do in these three more years? But um, I think there's a huge, as the wife of, uh, someone who is uh, on the front lines as a first responder, I think there's a huge need for the work that you're doing in, in terms of making impact on that and just the resiliency that all frontline workers uh, need, right? Not just firefighters, but, you know, nurses, anyone that's in the EMT service or anything like that. Uh, but I, I definitely, and and there's a there's a component to leadership that's very different than leadership you see in a corporation, right? Because not only are they, leaders, but they're also peer support. They're also, again, trying to contain themselves and and manage the EI and the challenges and the anxieties and the stressors that this other person that they're helping at the, in this moment of time is dealing with as well. So they've got everything firing on all cylinders at all moments for the 24 hours that they're at the station. And then they come home and have to kind of assimilate back into the real world. So there's so many components. I, I think that, um, to, to your point that you've probably learned, but now you're in an even better position to be able to go back and and help and serve. And I know they they look for speakers from time to time, for sure, uh, that I think could be very powerful for you, powerful um, in terms of what you're doing. So I applaud you on that. That's fantastic.
0: Appreciate your husband's service. And also as as the spouse of a firefighter, that I mean, there's there's lots that goes with that as well. So it definitely goes beyond just that one person. As you mentioned, it's the family, the friends, the the camaraderie, uh, sometimes the rivalry. I mean, it is uh, it is a a family of its own.
1: Absolutely. So tell us, tell my listeners that so we have listeners from all different walks of life. We have some, quite a few folks in, that are in the uh, fire service that listen as well. So this will be great for you. But tell folks how they can get a hold of you. Um, what's the best? way to reach out to you and what they should reach out to you for.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, best way to reach out to me is through my website. It's escape2expand.com, E-S-C-A-P-E-T-O-E-X-P-A-N-D. And uh, there you can uh, find a little bit of, more about uh, what my offerings are around teams around speaking engagements around general hr and project management consulting if, if those are things that you're interested in and uh very happy uh, to to talk to anybody f- a free any anyone that references you fran i uh, happy to give them a free 30-minute consultation if you just want to talk and see how i might be able to help you know, one of your listeners, I'll, I'll put that offer out there. Just just let me know Friend sent you and uh, happy to give you that uh, free 30 minutes.
1: Yay. I've got some power. I got some, I got some pull folks. So there definitely say that because I think what Chris is doing is fantastic. Plus he's from my father's hometown, Knoxville, Tennessee. So you've mm-hmm. got a special place in my heart for that. So that is phenomenal. And that will all be in the show notes. So, so for those of you who listen to the show regularly, you know, that will be in the show notes where you can reach out to Chris and have any questions answered that you may have around Escape to Expand. Expand. I love it. Thank you for listening today. Uh, for those of you who have joined us for the Optimized Workplace, we really appreciate you listening and tuning in. And remember, it's many monumental moments that make the biggest difference in your life. I'm Dean Bishop, your host. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.